Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. verse 6, he goes on, he says, this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So John is encouraging her to continue in this, continue in this. There must have been some kind of problem, maybe. Maybe John heard of something where things were kind of breaking down a little bit in this woman's life and her children. So he's encouraging her, exhorting her to do this. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today on Truth in Christ Radio. If we love God, we will obey His commandments. We do this not because we think His commandments are a heavy burden, but because we see that they are best for us. They are guides and gifts to us from God. Real love will walk this way. Perhaps John warns against those who thought the only important thing in the Christian life was a vague love that had no heart for obedience. And now let's open our Bibles to 2 John, starting in verse 6, and follow along with Pastor Rob. In us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity, it's hatred against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But here it is. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So we can call, I can call myself a Christian all I want, but if I don't have the Spirit of God in me, I am not a Christian. I am not a Christian. And I can claim to believe in all these things, but if I don't believe in the truth of the Scripture, I'm missing it completely. That's why it's important that we know the Word of God. Know the Word of God, because you need to know the truth and I don't know about you, but ever since I've been saved, I've been relearning. I've been relearning things for the last 26 years. Relearning things based on what I read here. <laughs> you ever hear the, the phrase, God uh, helps those who help themselves? It sounds really good, doesn't it? And really what it is is a cop-out. When we see somebody in, in need, God helps those who help themselves, brother. And we keep on going. That's a cop-out. And it's not even biblical. 
God helps those who can't help themselves. God helps those who don't even want to help themselves. He helped me when I wasn't even looking for him. Maybe the same thing was true for you. God is a God who chases after you. He comes after you because he he knows what's best for you. You don't. You're completely lost in sin. And he comes along. He, he pursues me. He pursues you. And he's got you. Aren't you glad you belong to him? I love it. And he says, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. It doesn't mean that you're going to be sinless. It means you should sin less as time goes on. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. These are passages that we know very well. But John is encouraging and he's thankful that this lady's children are walking in truth, that they're walking in the Spirit, and that's God's desire for us today. That's, how, that's what we get out of this today. We need to walk in the truth. We need to walk in the Spirit. And Paul in Galatians, as he's writing to them in chapter 5, we're going to be picking up in verse 16, notice what he says. This was a church in Galatia, in Asia Minor, a real church. And he says to them, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions. This is a wonderful Christmas list. Jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Wow! Put those in your stocking. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not. But the fruit of the Spirit... And here's the, here's the gifts that I want. Here's what I want. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do we see that happening in, in our world today? Do we see that in the church? You see it more happening in the church than you do in the world. But you know what, folks? We've got some work to do. I've got work to do in my own heart, and I believe you do too. I don't know your heart and your life, but I can tell you that in my life, I need more of the Spirit of God directing me and guiding me. I want to be different. I want God to have all of me. Do you want him to have all of you? This time of year especially, we need every ounce that he's got. I wake up and I pray every morning, and and throughout the day, I'm like, God, you take everything of me. Any closet that I've closed, any, any door that I'm ashamed of, that I'm afraid to open, or I'm afraid to give you the keys to, Lord, you blast that door down. Put the C4 right around the lock and just blow it. Blow it to smithereens. <laughs> take it out and barge in and take control. You know, sometimes you got to be like that. Lord, you just do it. I'm, sometimes I'm not even willing. But Lord, I give you permission to rattle the cage. So John, speaking to this lady, I'm glad that your children are walking in truth. Something we need to consider. Something that we need to pursue. To walk in the spirit. To walk in the truth. To walk in the light. And now in verse 5 he goes on, And now I plead with you, lady, not as I wrote some new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. That is... The thing, 
We love one another. The very first time we see this was in, in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. What is, this is the first mention of the phrase. It says, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord, he says. That's the first time we hear of this, and we see it echoed throughout Matthew's gospel, the golden rule in Matthew 7, verse 12. What is it? Therefore, whatever you want men to do uh, to, to do to you, you do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. And then James, later on, Jesus' half-brother in his letter, he wrote the royal law. He says, if you really fulfill the royal law, this is James 2, verse 8, if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You do well. It's the golden rule. It's the royal law. Jesus spoke in many passages in John's gospel about, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Let me just read one of them to you. In John 13, verse 34, Jesus speaking, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you. Notice the example. I've loved you, now you do the same. He doesn't just tell us what to do, he shows us what to do, and then says, now go do it. See, anybody can say anything and say, well, this is what you need to do. And there's a lot of people like that, isn't there? I'll tell you what you need to do, but I don't do that. Well, that, that says a lot, doesn't it? It says that whatever it is doesn't really mean anything. It's not really adequate. It's not really viable. If you're not doing it, then why should I do it? That's why if you're a smoker and you tell your kids not to smoke, <laughs> kind of a problem there. But if you tell your kids don't smoke, and this is the last one, and you mean it and you do it, now it holds weight. They will listen. That's why Jesus, he says, as I have loved you, you love one another. You also love one another. By this, they will know that you are my disciples if you love, have love for one another. And see, that's what we need to do too. And that's one of the reasons why we want to have that appreciation meal this Thursday, you know. Just to love on you. To tell you how much we appreciate you. And God appreciates you. Thank God you come to a church that still teaches the word of God. There are many churches today that are forbearing the word of God and doing other things. Thank God you people love the Lord. That you love his word, that you want to come and hear the word of God. It's the greatest thing. The greatest, one of the greatest gifts ever given to man is the word of God. And you're here. How thankful I am to be your pastor. And the men here, we're so thankful for you. So thankful, and that's how we love. We're not going to get it right all the time. We're going to fail miserably from time to time, but hopefully the overall tenor of our life and our speech and our actions around you is that of love because that's really what we need to be about. In verse 6, he goes on, he says, This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. So John is encouraging her to continue in this, continue in this. There must have been some kind of problem maybe, Maybe John heard of something where things were kind of breaking down a little bit in this woman's life and her children. So he's encouraging her, exhorting her to do this, to do it, to keep the Lord's commandments. And then he goes on in verse 7, he says, For many deceivers are gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. 
Many deceivers. Remember, John is battling something in that culture at that time, that whole idea of Gnosticism. This whole thing was diverting many people and and getting them off of the focus of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And so he's combating it there here again and saying they are deceivers. They are a deceiver and an antichrist. Notice, an antichrist, not the antichrist. Remember that antichristos, which is the Greek word behind this, this not only means in opposition to, but it also means instead of. You know, oftentimes we think of the antichrist, and we know him because he's in Revelation chapter 13. The Bible calls him the beast of the sea. Comes out of humanity, and we know him as the antichrist. And most people like to think of him as some kind of disheveled man who looks ugly with the pointy ears or the, 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 the pointy tail and the pitchfork and the, you know, the long nose and has a little red tint to him or something. Let me tell you something. This man, when he comes on the scene, he's going to be one of the most attractive men the world has ever seen. You're going to look at him. We won't be there. If you're a child of God, you won't see him. You're not going to be here on the earth. But people are going to look at him. He's going to have all the answers. And boy, is he going to be good looking. He's going to be good looking. He's going to have answers. He's going to have charisma. He's going to, have, he's going to be able to call down fire and do miracles in the sight of people. And they are going to flip out. They're going to flock to him. But John says that these who do not believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, they are antichrist. They, are, they have the spirit of antichrist. And that is anything that is either opposed to or to be in place of. And they're certainly trying to, at this time, to put Gnosticism in the place of Christianity. Don't need, you don't need Christ. What you need is real knowledge. And we've got the real knowledge. And we can tell you a little bit more about it, but you're going to have to send your credit card number in, and we'll send you a little pamphlet. And then when you get that pamphlet, you'll open it up and it'll lead you along for a little more information. Make your online, you know, tax-deductible donation of $800 in three installments. He says, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things we work for. There was great things that uh, the message of the gospel had great roots at this time. And so he's encouraging her, do not lose those things that we work for, but that we may receive a full reward. A full reward. As Christians, we've talked about this in the past and we won't go there, but we know that as Christians, we will receive a reward for what we have done in the body since we have been saved, since we've been born again. We're going to be receiving rewards from the Lord. It's called the Bema Seat Judgment. It's not a judgment about salvation or lack thereof. If you're at the Bema Seat Judgment, you're born again and you're, you're in heaven. You're secure. But now it's a question of rewards for what you've done. See, don't be, don't be, don't be content at just saying, well, I'm a decent person. I've been saved and I know I'm born again, but I'm going to continue in whatever I want. You know what? You can do that. And you'll be, when the Lord comes back for his church, you're going to go up with the rest of us. But you know what? You're going to stand before him and you're going to realize how, how silly and how awful you've lived your life. And you could have lived a, a happier life and a more blessed life and a more fulfilled life. But you chose to go another way. You chose to continue in whatever it was. And God will allow you to do that. And you lose Because you may get to heaven, you may get to heaven if you're truly born again, and only the Lord and you know that, but when you get to heaven, you're going to be 
looking around and you're going to see the rewards. And believe me, at that time, it's going to be a really big deal. It may not seem like a big deal now because many people in this world think, well, if I could just get saved by, and get up by the skin of my teeth, that's all I care about. Well, you know what? When you get to heaven and you see all those things and you see the price that he paid for you, you're going to be like, Lord, I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back and redo it all. I would, I would, I would quit my job. <laughs> I would do everything. I mean, God doesn't require you to quit your job, but be faithful at your job. Be faithful wherever you're going to school. Whatever you're doing, be faithful in what you're doing. Be purposeful in everything you do, in your marriage, in your kids, with your kids, with your family. Don't just go on autopilot. Be purposeful. Be purposeful. Because the time is short, folks. The time is short. He goes on in verse 9 and he says, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ Christ does not have God. But notice, he who abides in the doctrine of Christ has both the Father and the Son. You see, it all revolves around Jesus Christ. Let me just read a couple of scriptures to you to to just uh, confirm this to you. In 1 John 2, verse 23, just listen. Who is a liar, John says, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. Do you hear hear that? Some people say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Jesus. Well, you lose. Bad idea. Because God the Father said, this is my only salvation. You must believe in him. So it all revolves around him. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 15, it says, Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. In John chapter 5, verse 22, it says this, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. And he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. In John chapter 15, John's gospel, verse 23. He who hates me, Jesus said, hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. It all revolves around Jesus Christ. Yeah, let's all say amen. (laughs) Amen. It all revolves around him. It's all about him. Christmas is about him. It's not about the presents. That's all fun. I love the food and I love the lights. I love all that stuff. It's, it's a hoot. It really is. But don't lose what it's all about, my friends. He goes on, he says, If anyone comes to you and does not bring this doctrine, do not receive him into your house, nor greet him. John was exhorting this woman, and, he, and this may have been a corrective statement to her. She may have been unwittingly guilty of this, and that may be at least part of the reason for this letter. And see, John is referring to the teachers rather than just ordinary guests. These are people who have been coming around spreading this doctrine. And John is saying, don't even allow them into your house. Don't even greet them. Don't even greet them. And we need to be like that today. We need to be very careful. We need to be loving. But when somebody is in a teaching position and they're coming around spreading false doctrine, don't even, don't even uh, greet them. You don't have to be nasty to them, but you have to tell them the truth. And if they, turn, if, they, if they do not turn, then you just disregard them and let them go. But you continue to pray for them. You don't have to be nasty. But we do have to turn them away. In Galatians chapter 1, verse uh, 6, let me read something to you. Concerning this, Paul, speaking to the Galatians, he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. 
which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if I or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be a curse. Let him be anathema. That's literally what it means. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. So important for us to know the truth. Know the truth and it will set you free. Know the truth. He goes on in verse 11 here. He says, For he who greets him shares his evil deeds. Shares in his evil deeds. The word shares there is the word koinonia. We know how intimate that word is, don't we? Koinonia fellowship is a, is a partnership. And when you greet somebody and you, you're, you're um, you know, inviting them to come, you are being partakers of their evil deeds. And so John finishes this letter in verse 12, he says, Having many things to write to you, I do not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. So John's heart here to this lady, this literal lady and her children, is to encourage them to love one another, to abide in that commandment. That's the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your soul and to love your neighbor as yourself. Didn't Jesus say out of those two things hangs all the law and the prophets? If you can love the Lord with all of your heart and you can love your neighbor as yourself, doesn't that sum up the Ten Commandments? The first four commandments talk about our relationship with God. The remaining six talk about our relationship to man and our, um, uh, the harm that we may do to a man. But the first four speak about God. So if we love God and we love people, we have fulfilled it all. Isn't that wonderful to consider? Many things to write to you, and also not only to love one another, but to be aware of those deceptions that were occurring at that time, the Gnosticism, the deceivers. And now more than ever, we have those things happening in our world today, don't we? YouTube is filled with them. Churches are filled with men and women who are teaching Aberrant things, contrary to the gospel. So important that we read the word of God. I know Pastor Jeff, when he was here for years, he just kept pounding us, pounding us. Read the word, read the word, read the word. You'll know the counterfeit if you know the real thing. You just keep reading the real thing. Don't worry about all the other other stuff. Just read, read, read. And when you're done reading, read some more. And then pray. And then pray some more. And then read. And then for heaven's sakes, take a shower. Then read some more. Then pray some more. Might want to get something to eat too. He finishes the letter and he says, The children of your elect sister greet you. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Next week we'll get into John's third letter. And then after the new year we'll start in the book of Jude and then Lord willing we'll get right into Revelation. I'm really looking forward to that. Be encouraged folks. Be encouraged. If you're a child of God, you have the greatest thing dwelling in you, the very Spirit of God. Let the Lord have his way with you. Don't be afraid this season. To love on your family. Tell them the truth when appropriate. Use discernment. Be discreet if necessary. But love on people. Love them. Tell them the truth.
and do it in love. And pray now that you, when you do have that opportunity, we do it in love. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for this time and pray that, Lord, you would give us that gift of your Spirit, Lord, upon us. Lord, we know that you're in us, but we need the empowerment, Lord. We need the boldness and the strength, Lord, to share these things, to resist sin that we see in our own lives. So help us, Lord, and encourage our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.